Well, Jem Bevan from Social Gems, welcome to Business Unlimited. Great to have you with us. I want to take you back to how Social Gems started, but let's first of all find out what Social Gems is, a little bit about you, what you do and how you work and what makes you different, do you think? So yeah, let's just find out a little bit about you first of all. Who's who's Jem Bevan? So I am the director of Social Gems, which is a social media marketing company. I headed up sales teams, B2B sales teams, utilized LinkedIn as a form of generating new business. And it kind of spiraled from there, really. So for the last six months of me working for another company, the British Institute of Recruiters, which is a governing body for the recruitment space, the last six months of, of leads kind of consisted of, I want you to show me how you do what you do on, on social media. To which I responded, well, that's great, but that's not what I do or what I sell. So in order to actually hit my commission and my bonuses, I did actually start offering and helping people with LinkedIn just to sign them up as members, essentially. It was about two months before my 30th birthday and people kept, after I'd trained them, asking me to do it for them instead. And I was like, guys, I've not got time. I like, I head up a sales team. Um, and I just kind of had a moment where I was like, right, if I don't do it now, I'll never do it. And there's obviously a need. So I thought, why not? And yeah, that was before years in November. That's been quite a journey since, obviously. We'll come on to that. But you mentioned LinkedIn. Clearly, that's really important, certainly for B2B businesses. Do you work across all social media channels? We do uh, work across all social media channels now. But historically, when we first set up, it was just predominantly LinkedIn, just because that's where the majority of my expertise are. So I started selling through LinkedIn about 10, 11 years ago now. Now, obviously, the platform's developed and changed over time, and you need to do a lot more than that now to obviously generate business through. But as the team's grown and we've got people like Anna and Sarah in the team, we have got expertise in different areas. So that's why we broadened it to offer everything. Great. So tell me about an ideal target customer for you. Who are you aiming towards? What What's your service really there to achieve and, and who are you trying to reach with it? Ideally, the bigger, larger corporate companies that we can work with, obviously we can charge a little more and a little bit better at paying on time. However, I really help, like helping the little guy, the one that's just recently set up their business and they need to learn how to do all this to actually get themselves out there because a lot of people will set up a business and they've just got an idea. They've thought, do you know what? I'm fed up of working for the people. I'm going to go off and do it on my own. But they've never had to do that sales or marketing element of their own business. I'm really fortunate that that's what my whole background was. So actually setting up social gems was fairly easy, especially with the lead generation side, because I'd done all the legwork historically. So actually showing people how to build long-term relationships and build the businesses and knowing that they've gone from this, this little tiny company to actually growing and you've been part of it. I just love it. And what would you say makes you unique? Because that word is often overused it has to be genuinely unique what's your unique selling proposition there's a lot of digital social media marketing agencies out there so how do you differentiate yourself in the marketplace we're just ourselves and we actually tell our clients that that's their major unique selling point as well the majority of us are offering a very very similar product in very saturated markets and the thing that differentiates us from as competition is us as personalities as personal ethics and morals the ethics and morals in the company and we showcase that on a daily basis with the things that we're posting, not just through my page, but through the team's pages and the company pages as well. 
even in our website, it says that we all work remotely and we work remotely because we love dogs more than people. And people kind of love us for that raw, open and honesty because everyone actually wants to know about the journey and the real struggles because you don't go from zero to 100 overnight. You don't get a really good work-life balance from day one. You're literally working every day of the week, 12, 13 hours at time to make your dreams a reality. And people kind of need to know and want to know all that in, ins and outs and what goes on and how it is to actually run a business. And clearly you've got a team that's growing. You work remotely, as you said, so communication is really important to you. What what do you think underpins the values then in the team that you've got? They've come to you through different routes by the sounds of it, but what would you say encapsulates you as a team and how you work? So we've all got us different strengths and weaknesses, but fundamentally we're all the same type of person that just want to help others. We all don't take ourselves too seriously. Um, so there is a regular WhatsApp group that is pinging minutely, never mind hourly, where it is just us bantering and bouncing off each other. Because even when you work remotely, especially I think in sales and marketing teams where it's high pressured to some extent, but you also need to have that bounce to be able to do it effectively. You need that communication with the team to in order to be able to bounce off each other. And, and the thing with social media channels is it's, you know, the distance between you potentially and your own client is probably the furthest compared to a lot of other marketing strategies. And people make the miscalculation of trying too hard too quickly, don't they, with social media? And, you know, I use the analogy of going on a date and asking somebody to marry you on the first date. It's not going to work. And you see this all the time. You get in-mails offering a service or you get somebody going straight for the kill on a sales spiel and it just puts you off instead of taking the time to understand who you are commenting and liking on your posts actually starting a conversation that looks genuinely open and that takes time and people are impatient often and so they don't want to take the time so i suppose you're having to manage people's expectations as much as anything else yeah and hand holding as well because a lot of people are nervous and it's scary especially like putting yourself out there so you end up being an accountability buddy as well to some extent. I think you made a really good point as well about the the engagement piece and actually doing things like that and people not really understanding the, the mechanisms behind why we actually do that. Because essentially it's building relationships and it's talking to people and it is when we're actually trying to connect with people, we're trying to build those networks and we're trying to generate new business a lot of people will focus really, really heavily on that algorithm piece and go, we need to be working with the algorithm. But in reality, the only algorithm you nearly really need to be thinking about is human to human contact. And it's all about changing people's perceptions rather than anything else. So instead of just sending a connection with no message on it, just sending a blind sales message as your first message to that person, it is going to put people off. But if you have a few touch points where you're checking someone's profile, you're liking a post, commenting on something else, then sending a personalized message, it's going to completely change that person's perception of you as a person and what you're trying to achieve. And they're more likely to respond and you're more likely to build that relationship with that person than you would have been by just blindly sending that message in the first place. And the truth is the algorithms change fairly regularly for these social media platforms anyway. So it's no good really playing the algorithm game because it's a shifting set of sands all the time anyway. And it is and the changes in algorithms is literally just the changes in types of content that are doing yeah. well at that minute in time. So it's things like 
if we go back to Christmas, polls were doing really, really well and they were getting loads of traction again like they were last year. The main reason for that was actually, again, it's human-led. It's Christmas. All of us are kind of disengaged with LinkedIn, but we're on LinkedIn because we know we need to be on there for business. So we're doing the minimal amount of engagement. Minimal way to engage is doing a poll. So that's why that did well. Then at Christmas, in January, we're all videos. People love seeing videos again because they'd missed everybody over Christmas because it all took a little bit of time off. So as long as you're still putting the same message out, it doesn't really matter how you're doing it, it's still going to get traction. But occasionally you might need to change up the type of content that you're putting out and say add a video when videos are doing well. Very good. Let's go back to your own journey then as the business owner and this last four years. What's that look like for you? What's the journey been? Um, growth, what's, what's growth look like for you? It's like being on a roller coaster that's on fire a lot of the time. Um, <laughs> so year one and year two was absolutely fantastic for us. We did nothing but grow. We had really, really big dreams, big, high aspirations. And then Sarah, who was my right-hand lady, her partner unexpectedly died at Christmas. So Sarah took about three months off. I picked all Sarah's work up to help Sarah. Kind of ended up having a little bit of a mental breakdown myself because of the amount of work and pressure I'd put on myself so for the rest of year three it was kind of survival and now we've come back with the mindset of growth this year and we've already doubled in size since I've decided to um, put my big girl pants back on <laughs> I mean in terms of then a vision going forward and with that learning as it were through that journey which sounds tough at times has it changed your vision that experience with Sarah and what you've been through in your own mental health, what does the future look like? And does it look any different to how it did four years ago? A little bit, but the plan's always been the same. So the plan's always been to have teams dealing with different areas. So like Anna's going to be dealing with the outreach and the engagement piece, the likes and the comments. Sarah's predominantly focusing on content creation. I'm then going to be freed up to do training, coaching and sales more than anything else. And then the teams are going to grow in those areas. So I'll end up with a sales team. Sarah will end up with a content creation team and Anna will end up with an outreach team. And that's essentially how it's going to grow. And then being then in charge of their own teams. So it's actually about building a business, building an organization. And that journey you describe, I mean, Obviously, as a business coach, we take people on a journey where it doesn't have to result in burnout by year two and by year three. So some of the concepts you're thinking about now, we would introduce earlier almost in the journey. Think about stepping back as quickly as possible and putting systems and team in place and you know having a set of goals that you work towards that allow you to step back. So it's interesting that you've sort of discovered that for yourself and you talk about now how you'd be wanting to coach a team and a set of teams so one way or the other you've come to the point where you wanted to which is great so some persistence there um what else have you learned about yourself in the journey do you think <sighs> that i'm stronger than i realized i was to be fair i mean i always knew i was quite strong anyway but that's because it's one of those into that you've got to be strong so like my dad died when i was quite um, my sister and my dad died when i was quite young being a single mom working in sales as well was quite tough and like having my own mortgage and doing it all on my own made me realize how much I could achieve and I think that gave me the confidence to be able to actually say do you know what if I can do that I can do this very good and and what about business lessons so the business of business understanding how to run a business as well as being a social media 
expert. What else do you think you've learned in the last four years, business principles? The main thing, the absolute main thing that everybody needs to remember is cash flow is king. So always keep an eye on what's going on in your bank account. Otherwise, it is so easy to forget like there's massive VAT bills that you just don't even take into consideration, but you need to make sure that you're putting money away. So yeah, the financial part of it is really, really important. And as you say, you know, what is it? 90% of businesses fail within the first five years. Some of that mainly is about cash management, cash flow, looking at your profit and loss costs, but also what your margins are and who are your biggest margin clients and why and looking at the relationship between revenue and, and profit. So absolutely sounds like you've had to grow through that journey and understand it all. If you had to do it all over again and go back four or five years ago, what would you do differently, if anything? I don't know. I think it's all been part of the process. I think I've had to go through every single thing that I've gone through to learn and develop because I have always been a little bit naive and I've always thought the best in people. So there has been things that I've done where it's cost me thousands of pounds where people have not paid invoices. But if I hadn't have gone through that, I wouldn't have had thicker skin. Resilience, I think, is the summary of that, isn't it? Very good. Who's the best coach you've ever had? Who's been the biggest influence on you in the business? So it's got to be a guy called Simon Young. So I started working in sales at Carphone Warehouse while I was at uni. And when my son Charlie was born your hours were all over so you never really knew whether you're working weekends or not so childcare was a bit of a nightmare so I went into the b2b world and I met a guy called Simon Young he was our CEO and I'd never heard anything about search engine optimization or social media optimization before and he introduced me to LinkedIn so literally it was Simon saying about LinkedIn that actually led me down the whole journey that I went down and that was literally because he put it in front of me and I went why are we not using this to contact the directors of the businesses and we're just clearly wasting his time when he ever we could just send a message yeah literally simon had never said check out linkedin that had never happened so quite an impact that's shaped your life really from that point onwards any favorite quotes or mantras that you hold dear to you've got ethics you've got morals what's your quote that you want the rest of your team and your customers to to know and live by perhaps so literally all we ever do is there's a song called No Drama. So if anything's going on in the business, all we do is run around going, we don't need no drama, don't need problems in our head. And that's pretty much how we get through things. And if you don't laugh, you'll cry, which was something that my dad used to say to me when I was younger. And it's so true. There is times in your life where you just feel like complete despair. But if you can find the humour in it, it makes it far easier to just move forward. That's a very British thing, isn't it, as well, finding the dark humour in, in situations. But you're right, I think um, you don't want drama. You don't want too much drama in business. You certainly don't want other people's drama. So that's really good to hear. Well, look, Gem, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for being so open and honest in your journey. I'm sure it will be of great benefit to others listening. Can you just remind us how to get hold of you if people have been listening and want to know more and uh, are attracted by the service you offer? How can they get hold of you? Uh, LinkedIn. So if you just type in Jem Bevan, Jem with a J, because my mum's awkward, not me, you'll be able to find me pretty easily. Thanks again for your time. Really good to talk to you and wish you all the success with the business as it continues to grow. Uh, thank you, you too. And thanks for having me.